98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Alright, it is noon on a football Friday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Here's Aaron Maloney, as always, Aaron. So the Cardinals are gearing up to take on the Rams on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. So will Byron Murphy shadow Cooper Cup? Here's Vance Joseph. Every every plan's different. It's so tough. My biggest challenge each week, guys, is 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 personnel. You know, who we're playing, who I'm playing with. You know, we've got so many injuries on the back end. So my 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 largest concern each week is who I'm playing with versus who. You know, and every week is going to change because of matchups, right? It's a it's a matchup league, and I'm trying to solve our issues each week with with personnel first, and obviously with scheme second. So we'll see. You know, it's last week it worked for us. This week it may not work because they have so many formations. They move him so much. He's in the backfield there, and so many tight formations. It's tough to match a guy when he's moving so much. You know, so that's 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 a tough task. Do you think the Cardinals will be able to slow down Cooper Cup? And do you think Byron Murphy will shadow Cup? I, I think you put Murphy on Cup as much as, I mean, it's going to probably take more than one guy. But I would, I would assume predominantly he's going to see a lot of Cooper Cup. Uh, slow down, maybe. Shut down, no. But what I would say, Wolf, is Cooper Cup had a monster week one and the Bills beat the Rams by 21. You can beat the Rams even if Cooper Cup has good numbers. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I would not have Byron Murphy shadow Cooper Cup. I, I would not. Um... They're going to move him around, obviously. They love to move Cooper Cup into the slot. It was very interesting because, for the most part, there there were a couple of exceptions. But when Byron Murphy was uh, ghosting Devontae Adams, every time they put Devontae Adams into the slot, he wasn't over him. He wasn't. So that was interesting right there to me. Now, he was a couple of times, but the vast majority of times, he was not over him when they moved him inside. Um, I think they'd probably do the same thing against Cooper Cup. We'll see, but if he's on the perimeter, if he's lined up as the number one receiver, split out wide, I would expect to see Byron Murphy ghost him wherever he goes. ESPN gave their bold predictions for all 15 NFL games this weekend. For the Cardinals-Rams matchup, their bold prediction is that Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford won't throw an interception. So this is Matthew Stafford from Wednesday discussing his early interception struggles. It's always difficult. You know, you don't ever want to turn the ball over. If they want to hurt the team, that's what it's about. It's not about me. It's not about my stat. It's about what it does to our team. And I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can possibly to help our team win and not the opposite of that. So um, it's a fine line to obviously make sure you play the game the way you know how to play the game, but do a great job of taking care of it. And I can do uh, obviously a better job, you know, in the first two. So he's been intercepted five times in Los Angeles' first two games and has now thrown multiple interceptions in five straight regular season games, which is the longest streak of his career. <laughs> Arizona has forced just two turnovers in its first two games, and neither was an interception. 
What is your bold prediction for Sunday? Well, I mean, on top of the numbers Maloney just gave you, too, he led the NFL in interceptions last year with 17. So, I mean, again, the Rams can win even when Stafford throws interceptions. These first two games, five picks, I know I've seen at least two more that, that could have easily been intercepted. Um, but the Cardinals don't have any, and they have one sack. And that combination of one sack and no interceptions, the lowest in the NFL, I think they got to force at least one Matthew Stafford interception. The game they won last year against the Rams, remember Wolf, Byron Murphy picked that pass off early, yeah. and that changed everything. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, yeah, the Rams, number 31 in interception rate offensively. There are only 32 teams, basically. Who's 32? <laughs> I don't know, as a matter of fact. Do you? No. Okay. Now i got to look that up. I was asking you. I did not know. No. 31, uh, the Rams, of course, and number 26 in sacks per attempt allowed. So you put those two things together right there. That's the reason why Matthew Stafford has a quarterback rating of 80.7, which is number 23 in the National Football League. Not good. ESPN is counting down the best players in the NBA, and four sons have made the list. At number 51 is DeAndre Ayton, number 49, Mikel Bridges, number 21, Chris Paul, and at number 10 is Devin Booker. What do you guys think about these ratings? Do you think any of them should be higher? Do you think they should be lower? What's your biggest takeaway? Uh, I like seeing Booker in the top 10. You know, I I get that it's a list, and when the season starts, the list doesn't matter. But I I think this is a little bit different because I think for Suns fans, for the longest time, you have felt like Devin Booker was disrespected, maybe is too strong of a word, although I know a lot of fans felt that way, but is at least uh, underrated around the league. And now he's on the cover of 2K, and he's being considered a top 10 player by ESPN on this list. See the shots that I took, wet like on book, and at least two songs now, too. I don't remember if he's in more than two. You know, that's awesome right there, but I, I, I'm so happy for Devin Booker because I, I love everything about Book, as we all do. Not only his smoldering intensity and how he goes about competing. I love that, but um, he's worked really, really hard, and he has improved his game, and he's gotten so much better on the defensive end of the floor. I'm so happy to see he's getting acknowledged, Um, yet at the same time, who cares? Devin Booker is going to be who Devin Booker is, and the only thing that matters to Book a championship. Mikel Bridges ahead of DA, too. I found that interesting. And I don't disagree. So, we'll get our first look at ASU interim head coach Sean Aguano in game action tomorrow when ASU takes on Utah. Aguano joined Bickley and Murata this morning to discuss the game ahead. Utah is a very well-coached team. Uh, they're a physical team. Um, I want to make sure that our kids match that physicality. There's going to be ups and downs and making sure that our kids understand and have that what's next mentality, what's next, and go, in, and, go and fight um, and have that passion to fight. I, I told them never to worry about the score. Let's go play every play like it's our last. So physicality and fight. Taking a page out of your dictionary, Wolf. Yeah. You must listen to the show. That gets me fired up right there, honestly. It really is. Do you have a Go hexagon of brawl. victory? <laughs> no, the hexagon of physicality oh. is what they need right here. They got to go out and they got to brawl. I feel for these kids. They're up against it. Utah, of course, as we all know, one of the most physical teams in college football. 
The Utes are one of the most physical teams in college football. They love to run the ball. They love to run the balls specifically in between the tackles. They're going to hammer the line of scrimmage with their 23 and 24-year-olds. Kyle Whittingham has been the coach at Utah forever. You realize the last coach at Utah before Kyle Whittingham, you know who it was? Urban Meyer. <laughs> That's how long Kyle Whittingham's been the coach at Utah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen. All right. Uh, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Do you know a high school student with great character? We want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. So text character 620-620 and share their story. What's in it for them? Just a $10,000 scholarship from Parker and Sons in Arizona Sports. So text character to 620-620. We come back. Everyone says last year doesn't matter now, but is there anything to take from those three meetings with the Rams? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. Here it is, Wolf and Luke on a football Friday heading into this. I mean, I guess it's not a, a rematch. I keep wanting to call it a rematch, but it feels like a rematch, Wolf, because last year, Cardinals-Rams get Cardinals win round one in October. Rams win round two in December. Sure. And it was right as the Rams were getting going and right as the Cardinals were starting to fall apart. But then there was that third game in, in, uh, in January that was just an absolute mess. And so to me... I guess that's why I keep thinking of this Sunday as a rematch for that. If the Cardinals beat the Rams on Sunday, it's not going to feel nearly as good as it would have to beat them in the playoffs, obviously. right. And it's not going to take the Rams' Super Bowl away. But I think it would say a lot about the direction of the Cardinals if they could beat the Rams. And I will say this. You know, I I mentioned yesterday, to me, there's three different outcomes to this game. There's the Cardinals lose, and they just don't look like they belong on the field with the Rams. There's the Cardinals play well but lose, and there's the Cardinals beat the Rams. I don't think any one of those three outcomes would be more definitive about the direction of this team than if the Cardinals go out and beat the Rams. If they beat the Rams after the way they finished against the Raiders, you should feel good about this team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you said rematch right there. I, I totally agree with you right now. It's not a rematch. It isn't. It's what I said on Wednesday. It's a rebuttal. This is the Arizona Cardinals rebuttal to the evidence we saw the last time they played this team. In the playoffs, it's a rebuttal. What kind of different evidence are you going to bring forward? How are you going to play, Arizona Cardinals, against this team that embarrassed you in the postseason? This is a rebuttal. Uh, But when you look at last year's games, a lot of the players were going to tell you, it's no, okay, that doesn't matter. That's in the past, including Kyla Murray, who said this on Wednesday. No, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not really focused on, you know, what happened in the playoffs uh, or last year. Um, Obviously, everyone knows what happened, how we played. Um, But like I said, it's a new season, new journey, uh, new team, you know, uh, so that's 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 the focus. Okay, I get that. And that's that's probably the best approach as a player to take, yeah. right? Uh, but as a coach, I would be looking at that first game and being like, like we said earlier, they they ran for 216 yards in that first game. In that playoff game, they ran for 80, 81. And yeah. they, I mean, that was because they were done by the end of the first quarter. But there are elements of that first game that I would like to replicate this time around because that first game against the Rams last year was one of the best games I've seen this version of the Cardinals play. Yeah, you know, um, uh, listen, um, this this game, 
This game is not about the last time they played. It really isn't. Um, unless you consider the people that are actually playing the game. <laughs> See, then when you consider the people that are actually playing the game, it does become an awful lot about what you did against this team the last time you played. And you know who's not going to let the Arizona Cardinals or Kyler Murray forget about how they played the last time they saw each other? Probably Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald and the Rams are not going to allow the Arizona Cardinals to forget how they played. That's why I'm fine if Kyler doesn't want to think about the last meeting uh, specifically because no, he looked and, rattled. And that's fine. That's uh, listen. You know, Kyler's right. Hey, listen. I you can't worry about what happened the last time they played. He's he's absolutely right. But can I tell you right now, if I was in that Rams defensive room, these guys are all jawed at each other, saying, "We're going to let them know what's what." It's intimidation. I don't care what you say right now, base Centronians. If you don't know that intimidation is alive and well in the game, you, you just don't know the game of football. You don't. Because it is. There are guys out there that do become intimidated. There are. And if, in fact, that's the case, you're going to try to find out who they are. And you're going to try to go ahead and lord yourself over them, if you know what I mean. Uh, this is, they're going to test Kyler Murray. This is going to be a great test, and I think Kyler Murray's going to pass this test. I cannot wait to see it. Based on what I've seen from Kyler Murray so far, I think Kyler Murray comes out and looks completely different in this game, unless I miss my guess. But you know what? The one thing I do know, the Rams are going to test him. Well, that that is true. And oh boy, I wanna I wanna join you in that, but I just remember sitting here on like what was that January seventeenth, and the one thing I thought for sure about that playoff game against the Rams, and I, look, I I thought the Rams would probably win. I think we all thought the Rams were probably going to win that game, but I thought Kyler Murray was going to have one of the best games of his career, so and he had I. the worst. So I'm going to take a wait and see approach on this one. But I hear what you're saying. The second half, if Kyler goes out there and has a good game against the Rams, even if the Cardinals don't win. Um, I'm going to be looking back towards the end of that game against the Raiders where he just took over, and maybe that gave him something heading into this because, like I said, he this is... He did something in that game. He did. He did a few things. He did something in that game I've never seen him do, and that is break a, break a sack, break a tackle, however you want to label it, from Max Crosby. Yeah. I've all, never seen him do that. Of all the people for him to break away from... Correct. Because a lot of times when he's about to get sacked, self-preservation just goes down on the next play. And that told me something, and that tells me something. And this is this is a different Kyler Murray who's going to play this game. I hope he goes out and proves it. I don't know if you can play the whole game the way he played the last quarter or so against the Raiders where he was in that mode of whatever it takes. And it was almost like tunnel vision, like the ball's getting in the end zone, however we get there. I don't know if you can do it for a full 60 minutes. But if you can, this is the team that should evoke that from you if you're Kyler Murray. Yes, and that's the reason why I was all for this right now. Play them now. Here we go. Right now. Like 1230 right now, on Friday. Here Let's we just go. do this. Exactly. You know what? Play him as early as you possibly can coming off of that game, that second half of the Raiders game. And let's let's do it. Why not? Let's get it on right now with the Rams, the nemesis, the Los Angeles Rams of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's do it. Look, 
it's not the same sport, and it's not even totally the same dynamic, but this is a version of what you feel when the Suns play the Mavericks on opening night. Yeah. Now, the Suns have owned the Mavericks other than that, so it's not the same, and it's not <laughs> physicality the way it is in football, but the two teams that embarrassed our teams that had a chance to go somewhere in this city are the Dallas Mavericks and the L.A. Rams. Yep. And so here, you get one of them, you get the real problem. The, the Rams are the real problem. I don't... I don't think the Suns have any level of concern with Dallas going forward, but the Rams are a legitimate problem for the Cardinals. You know what's amazing about that, too, when you bring that up? The Mavericks and the Rams, I think of a flat shovel to the face. That's exactly, that's what we need right there. You know what? I'm metaphorical, though it may be, the flat shovel to the face. Why not get a sounder that actually sounds like a flat shovel to the face? Just as a reminder to us of how physical and how brutal it can get out there. Isn't that right? So January 17th and May 15th, the fact that I still remember the specific dates tells you that those were definitely shovel to the face (laughs) games. But what you're asking for is somebody out there on the Internet had to record the sound of a shovel to their face. (laughs) That's the only way you would get that sounder. Yeah. I mean, it's just honestly, we do. We need that right there. Ding! Something, you know, just the sound that it would make to take it right to the face because when you think of the Mavericks, I that yeah, that's the only thing that that seems to suffice a flat shovel to the face. When you think of the Rams and what we saw in the playoffs, yeah, that was a flat shovel to the face. It was uh, the other the there was. This a lot is of- why I want to play him right now too, Luke. This is the reason why. Let's get it, get this on and get it over. That's serious. Let's Friday Night Football, it. let's just do this. Are you really a Sunday. different team or are you not? Uh, here, this is you actually set up my clip. Buda Baker, he was asked how different this year's team is. I mean, it's a whole different crew, you know, a whole different team. We've got different DBs, different linebackers, different D-line, you know. So, um, um, you know, different defensive style as well. You know, we we do different things. Uh, you know, we play man, play different type of zones. Um, and it's just a matter of just doing our job, um, whatever the game plan is, just doing the job at a premium and taking it one play at a time because the Rams are really good at, you know, you know, jet motioning all these different type of players and get guys' eyes going everywhere. Next thing you know, you know, it's a gash down the field. So you have to be uh, fundamentally sound playing this team, and you have to take them one play at a time because if you're going over the play before, they're already about to get snapped the ball, and the next play is happening. So it's a one-play-at-a-time mentality, and, you know, that that's the plan. That's the goal that we're going to do. Honestly, Wolf, I just want to see Buda back on the field against the Rams because that was the other – that was like the final indignity of that night game of, okay, we don't even really get a game to watch. Monday Night Football yeah. playoffs, and it was it was done. And then you got to see Buddha. You don't want to see anybody hurt, but Buddha of all people, hurt in that game. Uh, so it'll just be good to see him out there against the Rams uh, on, on Sunday. And, boy, yeah, you're right. I'm ready for this game right now. We don't yes. have to wait 48 more hours. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. All right, do the Cardinals have a chip on their shoulder heading into week three? We're going to ask their sideline reporter, Paul Calvisi. He will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Calvisi! Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Wolf, we decided to tell you this time when we have a guest. Not like when we had your brother on earlier in the show and just yeah. had him on the line. No warning. He just yeah. jumped in. 
this time. We gave you some some heads up that Paul Calvisi is joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Paulie, what's up? It's okay to hate the Rams, gentlemen. I mean, let's just get it out of the way. <laughs> it's okay to hate the Rams and hate Sean McVay and 10-1 against the Cardinals. You know, I mean, you look at the NFC West. Thanks for asking. You look at the Seahawks, and, you know, now that they uh, are coming off the last place finish, uh, you know, most of our disdain is reserved for the 12s, I would say. The 49ers, I think we just all feel sorry for the 49ers because they messed up the quarterback position in epic fashion, and they whiffed on Trey Lance, and they gave up the three first-round picks. And they're playing in a stadium with zero personality and home field advantage, <laughs> uh, homogenized, just, uh, you know. But the Rams, I think we should save, you know, all of our disdain for the L.A. Rams. And there are so many reasons why. Maybe we'll break those down as we go along. Wow, look at that. <laughs> Paul, I love it. Man, right How about that? Shoot right there, based on Come on. Indeed, we're talking to Paul Littlefoot Calvisi. <laughs> Don't be so on nice the, on the Wolf and Luke show. Here on the Wolf and Luke show. Polly, uh, when you think of this game, though, when you, where do you start, Paul? I mean, where do you start? There's a lot of stuff that's out there, Paul. There's a lot of stuff. Where do you begin? Offensive line. Yeah. And you know what? The Cardinals' O-line has the advantage over the Rams' O-line. And, and I don't know the last time we could say that. No Andrew Whitworth or minus their starting center, Brian Allen, because injury. The right guard last week broke his ankle. He's done for the season. It is a makeshift offensive line while the Cardinals got back Justin Pugh. Huge, huge deal last week. Uh, Rodney Hudson played a lot better, especially in that second half. I thought the O-line came together. The O-line showed an edge. I mean, yeah. I, can I tell you a little story yeah. uh yeah how about this how about dj humphreys you know the one play he left right and wolf i think you're aware of this story as well he left that one that one play and uh let's just say that some of the raiders defensive linemen were yelling at kyler that you better hope he comes back and dj humphreys weighed off the trainers and went back in yeah and and i tell you from what i can tell cliff kingsbury sandbagged all of us when he said he texted chandler jones that you're going to get chipped the entirety of that game and guess what i'm apologizing in advance because that didn't happen i mean dj humphreys held his own and then some and then with daryl williams some of those chip blocks so if that's a precursor as to what they're able to do maybe just maybe to some degree against aaron donald because look at aaron donald and how he was neutralized in the week four win a year ago when they ran it everybody now 40 times for 216 yards and then in the rematch match. Aaron Donald had 14 quarterback pressures in that week 14 game. So obviously, I think it comes down to offensive line. Advantage Cardinals, and for the Rams right now, it looks like a liability to me. Talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulie, we played the clip from Kyler Murray earlier this week saying he's not thinking about last year's three meetings with the Rams, especially the playoff game. Uh, do you believe that? Do you think it's just Kyler? Do you think the whole team has put that behind them? He has no time to worry about that because he's too worried about Aaron Donald and 99. <laughs> but once again, the good news is right guard isn't the liability it was last year. Okay, It's it's not the liability that was left guard in week one against Chris Jones. So Because yep. what I saw against the Raiders, guys, was a comfortable and confident Kyler Murray, especially in that second half in overtime. Someone who said, okay, they have a couple of premier pass rushers, but you know what? I do have time in this pocket. And what did Cliff Kingsbury say repeatedly? What he really liked was the decision-making, that Kyler Murray, when to take off, that, okay, you know, keep the eyes downfield, but I don't have to keep one eye on Chris Jones or one eye on Aaron Donald. I can keep my eyes downfield. So if, if that is the case on Sunday, then I do expect Kyler to pick up where he left off against the Raiders. 
You know, typically, based on Onions, when you talk to a sideline guy, the only thing you care about is the Gatorade and whether or not the Gatorade is any good down there. But, Polly, I do want to get your opinion. By the way, Luke, if yeah. Wolf busts out, what, a, what was it, the Pentagon of plays? He yes, busted out last night in the not, Big Red Rage. The hexagon. <laughs> whatever, the octagon, the rhombus, whatever. I just, I'm out. If he breaks, my weekend starts the moment Wolf busts that <laughs> out. Too late. It started at 10.05. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, no. Exactly. No. Okay, so, Polly, talk to us about the Rams offense. What are you seeing from the Rams offense and what are you thinking? Stinking diabolical Sean McVay with all the sweeps and the jet motions and he's trying to mess with your eyes. We know all that and he's trying to see if you have a sound defense or not, which might be the key to the game based on how the Cardinals looked in week one, how they looked in the first half of last week against the Raiders. I talked to one veteran member of the Cardinals defense this week and I just said, hey, if you guys have some of that communication issue stuff like you did against the Chiefs in the first half against the Raiders, that's really going to get exploited against Sean McVay and this Rams offense, right? He said, if we have those communication issues again like we did in week one, we won't beat Chandler High. That's what he told me. So you you better make sure you're sound. And what they do, and they're great at this, and a number of guys told me that this week, that McVay is an expert at the matchup game. What he's trying to do is trying to devise, okay, you know what? Where are you on defense? What is your personnel? Because you know what? I'm going to get my number three receiver into the slot against your middle linebacker which happened a number of times the last couple of years when Jordan Hicks was out there, and all of a sudden he's in the slot. And Matthew Stafford and or Jared Goff would victimize the Cardinals with that. And that's where McVay is really, really good, the matchup game. He knows your defense. He knows your personnel. He knows how to get his guys that ideal matchup. And then you see the arm talent with the Matthew Stafford, and that's what really killed the Cardinals. Remember that Week 14 game a year ago, the Cardinals gave up as many big plays, chunk throws, as they had all season long in that single game against the Rams. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Polly, Isaiah Simmons, where are you with, with how uh, – I don't even know what to say about last week. Do you think he's going to play more this week? Is there more to it than, than it just he ended up getting sapped because he didn't play well against the Chiefs? That's a great question. Uh, I didn't see last week coming. All I know was I'm standing on the sideline, and I was about five feet from Isaiah Simmons. And you realized, okay, he's basically in a third down passing situation package until the overtime where he got some more snaps. But remember Vance Joseph two weeks ago, what he told the media about Isaiah Simmons, quote, he was drafted to cover the tight end. But when Darren Waller has a touchdown against Zeke Turner, you know, it's frustrating, is it not? And suffice it to say, I think Isaiah Simmons is definitely frustrated. The question is, is it motivating? Is he going to go ahead and address some of those concerns that Cliff Kingsbury cited this week when he said, you know what, he's giving us whiplash. So it's not just the splash plays and, you know, the outstanding big plays. He's got to be consistent from play to play. And Vance Joseph has to trust him when it comes to assignment and alignment and, and making sure he's not the guy who gets victimized by the opposing quarterback in some of the matchup games. I mean, you can put him on that tight end and he does have the athleticism to cover, but if he isn't lined up correctly with this leverage, then the offense knows that, and instead of having help over the top against a Travis Kelsey, guess what? He was to the wrong side at times, and then Kelsey all of a sudden was in space, and boom, he had eight grabs for over 100 yards receiving. We're talking to Paul Rusty Cage Calvisi here on the Wolf and Luke Show. Um, listen, Paulie, do you think Byron Murphy is going to shadow or ghost Cooper Cup? 
They say that because Cooper Cup is moved all over the place, that it might be too exhausting for a Byron Murphy. But Pat P used to do it in his prime, and Byron Murphy wants the assignment. He said it multiple times this week. He wants to be that guy. Now, is that the evolution of Byron Murphy? Is that the guy who has truly improved from last year to this year, according to Vance Joseph? Is that a guy in a contract year? who wants to be paid like a true number one corner, who can travel with the other team's number one receiver. I think it'll be a mix. The problem is when they put Cooper Cup in the backfield, Wolf, right, as we've seen. Yeah. I mean, nobody moves their personnel around like Sean McVay. Even Devontae Annis played inside and out last week, but not like Cooper Cup. He's always in motion. He's got a motor like Max Crosby. It just never stops. They line him up in the backfield, and so I think it's certain. I think most of the game you will see Murph uh, on Cooper Cup because after that, Allen Robinson hasn't been nearly the factor. Right. And, and minus OBJ, we know what they looked like in week four a year ago, minus OBJ. And uh, guess what? The Cardinals were able to contain Cooper Cup. He had only five grabs, which was a season low. He rams it in! Rams it in! Touchdown, Malcolm Brown! Touchdown, L.A.! Rams it in! Dead Paul! Rams it in! That's the cue. When we say week four, 40 grabs for 216, 40 rushes for 216 yards rushing by the Cardinals over five yards of carry, that's how they did it. And you know what? For everything that the Rams are and the defending Super Bowl champions, they're not exactly Ram tough as a team. Aaron Donald, we'll give them Aaron Donald. But the rest of that team, mm, are they really? I think you can out-physical the Rams. And the Cardinals did it in week four last year in their own building. Yes. Paulie, I hope you're nowhere near Isaiah Simmons on the sidelines this week, unless you're playing inside <laughs> linebacker, too. Hey, he, he, he has an edge this week. We'll see if he takes He definitely took it out on his old teammate Hunter Renfro in overtime, put it that way. So if he continues to bring that. And by the way, Luke, don't buy the whole headphone thing, Wolf and his new headphones, and he didn't have to expand them. It's sort of like the guy who goes... The guy who goes in and buys the Nikes, but he has to get the wide shoe, you know, the wide Nike. That's what Wolf did. He ordered the wide fat face version of those, of those, those putting the full into former fullback he version of the headphones. He was very proud of himself yeah. for putting the headphones on yeah. without even having to Look, adjust them at all yesterday. When, when, when you take off the headphones after Polly has been wearing it, they'd fit over a five gallon jug. <laughs> Polly, thank you, Thanks, bro. Paul. Appreciate you. Once again, I'm busy and it's Sierra Nevada time. Oh, there you go. It's not actually almost time for the hexagon of victory again. <laughs> All right, that was Paul Calvisi joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back. Can the Cardinals rattle Matthew Stafford on Sunday? And if so, how? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We'll get back into the hexagon of victory, Wolf. But uh, a lot of that revolves around a player that isn't Matthew Stafford. I think Matthew Stafford, when you look at the the key players for the Rams on Sunday, not that he's a weakness. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and he won that Super Bowl just last season. But he is, when you rattle off the Cooper Cups and the Aaron Donalds and the Matthew Staffords of the world, if it's those three guys, if it's your best offensive player, your best defensive player, and your quarterback, to me, the best way to get to the Rams, if you're the Cardinals, is through Matthew Stafford. Now, they played him three times last year. They intercepted him once. 
That one interception, though, was the Byron Murphy pick in the first meeting, and that's a game the Cardinals ultimately went on to win by 17. Stafford's thrown five picks through two games. That leads the NFL. He threw 17 picks last year. That was tied for the NFL lead with Trevor Lawrence, who was a rookie. This guy can be intercepted. Yeah, where do you begin when you talk about Matthew Stafford? Um, The fact that he proved everybody wrong, including myself, as he played his best when it mattered the most in the Super Bowl and won, brought his team back. Um, For me right now, Matthew Stafford, once again, he has got my respect. Yet at the same time, um, as a regular season quarterback, uh, he definitely has struggled from time to time. He did in Detroit, of course, and he did last year. 17 picks, as you said, for the Rams. Listen, I do believe the Arizona Cardinals can get to Matthew Stafford. And the reason why I believe they can get to Matthew Stafford is because you watch tape of their offensive line. <laughs> I mean, their offensive line is struggling. We had DeMarco Farr, of course, their sideline analyst, come on here, and that's what he was talking about as well. The struggle on the offensive line and how they're, they've had a lot of difficulty in the continuity of their offensive line this year. Because of that, I think the Arizona Cardinals can try to exploit that. That's probably... It's two games, but that's probably been the biggest weakness for each team in that matchup, right? The Rams' biggest weakness has been their offensive line. Yes. The Cardinals' biggest weakness is they haven't gotten a ton of pressure on the opposing quarterback. Correct. They have the one sack. Now, they've gotten some pressures, but they have one sack. Uh, so maybe that's where this is going to be decided. Because, it's got to be via scheme, Luke. Well, however they want to do it, they need to get to Matthew Stafford. The combination of one sack, like if you total up, I don't know, you, I feel like you would have an index name for this, if it's the intensity index or something, but... <laughs> Sacks plus interceptions, yeah. the Cardinals have one total. The yeah. only other team that's that low in the NFL so far is New Orleans. Yeah, that's called the flat shovel to your face index. index. Okay, right well, that's there. The F- yes, S- because that's T- what it is. Y-F-I. Hey, you get pressure on a quarterback, you do, right? Sacks are indicative of that. Uh, there's no doubt sacks per attempt is a better way of actually looking at it. But quarterback pressures are important. You have to get pressure on an opposing quarterback, and it works when you get pressure on that quarterback. A lot of times he'll throw you the ball, and guess what? Matthew Stafford, the one thing about Stafford, he's had such incredible confidence in his arm talent, and rightfully so, Luke. When he came into the league, oh my goodness, people had never seen the the arm strength of Matthew Stafford. That's what they talked about over and over. Professional scouts talking about it. General managers, the arm strength, the, the lightning release of Matthew Stafford. Um... Yeah, you know what? He's always had that arm, but he's also had a ton of confidence in that arm. And sometimes he makes throws he shouldn't. And he throws it into a window he shouldn't. Matthew Stafford will throw you the ball if you can get any type of pressure on him. Doesn't have to be sacks. Just needs to be in his face. Just, just force him to move his feet. Watch on Sunday. There will be two passes where you're like, okay, the Cardinals, they either will intercept them or they could have. Uh, he's going to throw you two probably on Sunday. But the thing is, he's good enough where even if you pick them both off, it doesn't mean you win the game. Right. And his team is good enough. Uh, by the way, the flat shovel to your face index, if we if we shorten that down, it's the fistify. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. The F-S-T-Y-F-I, the fistify. 
Luke, that was awesome. That's why I'm here. That's uh, well done. Uh, Matthew Stafford speaking fistify. this week. The fistify. It's perfect. It's perfect for the index that you're talking about. Uh, how do they get more explosive plays on offense? Because they haven't really gotten a whole lot out of Allen Robinson yet. And they haven't gotten anything out of their running backs yet. And I hope that continues for at least another week. But here's Matthew Stafford. You know, I think everybody sits there and goes, okay, you got to throw it over the top. And that's not really the case. You know, I mean, you look at explosives around the league. Um, you know, watching the Baltimore game before our game, and Lamar throws a slant, and that thing goes for 80. You know, he runs, it goes for 80. I'm not going anywhere 80 yards, but, uh, you know, some of the other guys on our team are fast enough to do that. And sometimes it's that, and sometimes it is throwing the ball over the top. So it's, it's a delicate balance, but I think that's just everybody doing their job as good as they possibly can. And then you just let those special instincts of those guys that can run with the football or whatever it is um, take over. If Matthew Stafford breaks off an 80-yard run on Sunday, Wolf, I'm just leaving. Yeah. You know what? they got to protect Matthew Stafford. He's always been one of those quarterbacks that you've got to protect him or he will throw you the ball. That has always been the issue with Matthew Stafford. He's got every other ability you'd want from a quarterback, and it's one of the reasons why he was able to win the Super Bowl. But you got to be able to protect him. It reminds me, and I've said this before, but it bears repeating right here. Remember the quote I gave you about C.S. Lewis. Go ahead and Google it, Basin Onion. C.S. Lewis was a brilliant, brilliant theologian, a brilliant man, a brilliant author. He said, the homemaker has the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose only, and that is to support the ultimate career. Well, my brothers, think about this. The franchise quarterback has the ultimate responsibility. All other positions exist for one purpose only, and that is to support the ultimate responsibility. If Matthew Stafford isn't going to have time, he's going to throw the Arizona Cardinals of football. Now, whether or not you catch it and run the other way, that's yet to be seen. But he will give the opportunity to the Cardinals. If they can generate any kind of pressure, we'll see. Like I said, it doesn't guarantee you win if you intercept Matthew Stafford, but I think realistically, if you want to beat the Rams on Sunday, you're probably going to have to pick him off at least once or, you know, force a fumble from him or something. You've but, you but got to win the turnover battle. Yeah, and, Sorry. And, and he's going to give you the opportunities. All the things he does well, he's going to give you a couple opportunities to make plays on defense and somebody, whether it's Buda Baker, it's Byron Murphy, whoever it is, is going to have to make those plays. Well, uh, actually, I was just going to say, Vance Joseph yesterday spoke that turnovers will be the story of the game against the Rams. It always is. NFL games are always down to turnovers, especially when you're playing good people like the Rams, right? To limit possessions and to take the ball away, you know, to win third downs and take points off the board. But yes, I mean, you can't give them, you know, more opportunities than they should have, obviously. And giving them short fields won't help us at all. And obviously us taking the ball away will help our offense with short fields and giving them more chances. So the ball is the game. You know, if you can take it away, that that's always a good thing for your team. Man, I'm so glad you played that, Mal, seriously, because I felt like the old guy in the room talking about all turnovers. And, you know, turnovers are so important, and you got to turn Matthew Stafford over, and guess what? Vance Joseph is right on, dead right. All right, we come back. You heard Paul Calvisi reference it. It's not the trapezoid of 12 personnel. It's the hexagon of victory, and Wolf is going to try to explain it when we come back. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.